The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, this is the Dave Rothenberg Show, but I am Gordon Damer filling in for Dave on this Saturday morning, and I should tell you this portion of the show is brought to you by Onda Tequila Seltzer. Onda Tequila Seltzer is here to upgrade your tailgate, made with real Blanco tequila and only 100 calories per can. Onda Tequila Seltzer is the light, refreshing, sessionable drink for all your tequila-gating needs. And we've focused on the Yankees a lot with some of the issues there, of course, with Garrett Cole. And, uh, of course, Aaron Judge in his pursuit of home run number 61. Is today the day that he gets it against the Red Sox? Did he get any pitches to hit against the Red Sox today? We focused on the football a little bit with the Jets. And, you know, if it does turn out, as it seems like right now, that Zach Wilson is returning for the Steeler game. If that's still, I mean, they haven't said that for sure. It looks like that's the way things are pointed, um, regardless of what happens this weekend. It almost feels like, if you're like a Zach Wilson fan, that a loss this week would almost be more beneficial to him than a win would be to the team. Like, don't get me wrong. Every win is important. I'm not all of a sudden discounting wins for a team that finally won a game in September for the first time in forever. But can you imagine, like, like if you go out and win against Cincinnati this week, and it's a winnable game, then all of a sudden he comes back in, and he's got to face Pittsburgh, and he's got to hit the ground running. He's already, it's already like he's behind the eight ball a little bit because he's missed some time. You want to get back up and, and find out about him. I guess you would take, you're going to take any win you can get, but in some ways, like a loss is not the worst thing in the world. And the win last week, as miraculous and as, as, as much of one uh, it's crazy win that you'll never see again in your lifetime, it feels like, um, that kind of took the pressure off for this week. So, look, go out there and play well. But if you're like a really big Zach Wilson fan, I don't know if it's the worst thing in the world if the Jets lose this week. Not the worst thing in the world. Now let's get to the, the Giants because obviously they have a very big game coming up on Monday night. Giants, Cowboys, and it's not been often we've been able to say the Giants have a big, and really at any point of the season, you know, 2-0 and sitting there. And given the, the injury to Dak Prescott, you'd have to say that this is kind of a, a, a winnable game. And it's been a while since you've, you've had some, some important games for the Giants because the season has gone sideways so quickly. And it almost feels like this year is the direct opposite of last year, even though there's a lot of the same uh, players from both teams. But last year, early in the season, Giants could not close out games. That Washington game on the Thursday night, that should have been a win, was not a win. Uh, the Atlanta game, I think that was the one that they had the, the, the interception in the end zone, would have sealed the game, dropped it, end up losing the game to the Falcons. So this year, and I do think that, that it's not just luck. I think it's, it's about coaching. And I think this coaching staff has already uh, established far more than the previous coaching staff certainly ever did. Uh, and it's, ama- it's amazing how quickly fans are sold. Remember when they finally got rid of Joe Judge and people weren't just crushing Joe Judge. They were crushing the organization. They were crushing ownership. And it felt like it came from this point of view. Well, look, these last five years have been so bad. Man, it's going to take a long time before we buy in to what the the Maras and the Tishas are selling. It's going to take a long time before we're back on board with this organization. They're going to have to prove it to us. Two games, proved. (laughs) Already done, sold, boom. 
No problem. We're back on board. So, and look, it's been exciting. It's been fun. I mean, they haven't been, I don't think they've been, the first game was a lot of fun. The second game was kind of an ugly game, but it's exciting. You know, your team has been as bad as the Giants have been here for the last five years. You start out 2-0 and and you can start to think, hey, you know what, if things break right, even if things don't break right, I don't think that this has to be a, a, a playoff or, or that you match up with a playoff type team this year, but, you know, just to have something to root for again, and the season is not over by the time you get to week four, is, uh, is something different. Now, a couple of things that I wanted to hit on with the Giants before we go back to the phone calls here. A, Daniel Jones. The thing about Daniel Jones is we all knew coming into the year it was make or break, right? This is a decision year. You got to know about him. It kind of seems like the, this, this regime has kind of already made up their mind at him, uh, about him, rather. And I kind of thought, well, look, they got nothing to lose by throwing everything at Daniel Jones and seeing what he's capable of. And, you know, they didn't draft him. If they want to move on after this year, so be it. That th- There was no need to hold him back because you have to find out about him. It, it seems like they already kind of know about him, and they are they don't want him losing games. They don't care. It's not about him winning games. They don't want him to lose games. And uh, in fairness to him, he's been efficient. Uh, it's not like he's got the greatest weapons in the world. Uh, given the, the wide receiver depth that they've had or lack of depth with, with Tony and Galladay and, and Sterling Shepard coming off a, a significant injury. so. But it does kind of feel like they are of the mindset of they kind of know which way. It, the needle is not pointing 50-50, right? Like the, the needle is much more pointing towards no in their minds than yes. If they had come in this year and just let him kind of sling it around and let, let's throw everything at him and see what he's really capable of. It seems like they kind of already know what he's capable of and they don't want him being a turnover machine and they're not going to allow that to happen because they do want to win games and, and winning games is to this regime is important while they're trying to rebuild things. And the rebuild really, as I said before, it hasn't really even begun because of the off season and the cap situation they found themselves in. The other story from this week well, yeah, and look, everything with the Giants is going right right now, right? 2-0 and to start the year, winning close games. You love the coach. You love the new regime. You, you feel like it's a fresh start now after the last five years. Everything's going right. Well, not everything's going right, at least not in, in the, uh, the land of Kenny Galladay, who comes out this week and has some comment. I mean, you, you, hadn't, you didn't see him on Sunday. What did he play, six plays, seven plays on Sunday? Had two catches in the season opener and was not a factor and then comes out this week and, and basically tells you that he's not happy with his role and had a quote of, I should be playing regardless. That's a fact. Is, is that a fact? That, that, is, that, that statement, you feel like you should be playing regardless? You've been terrible since you got here. Training camp, you would think, all right, after signing this big contract, after not being a factor, after being hurt last year, you come into training camp with a new regime and you're going to prove yourself. And already two weeks in, you're saying, I should be playing regardless. That's a fact. The fact is that he is surprised by this shows just like a stunning amount of delusion. He doesn't know why he's not playing. You don't know. I don't know. Let's run it down. See if we can figure this out together. You did nothing last year. You were hurt. You've been hurt a lot in your career. He was out there plenty in training camp and really did nothing to show you that anything was different. He did nothing in the season open. You know, I'm kind of sensing a pattern here. And Brian Dable has said repeatedly that playing time, especially at wide receiver, is going to be an open competition. 
Do you realize what a fraud Brian Dabo would seem like if he's just throwing Kenny Galladay out there repeatedly when he is not doing anything to produce? And I saw, I think it was in The Athletic, well, the, the four options the Giants have with Kenny Galladay. They don't have four options. They got two. They could either just throw him out there because he's getting paid a lot of money and see if he does anything at some point, or they can just kind of keep doing what they're doing, which is not playing him a lot because he's not producing at all. And if he produces, he'll play more. Kind of works out that way. But the idea that you can trade him or cut him, you can't do anything. You're stuck with him. You're stuck with him for this year. There's nothing you can do in terms of moving. Nobody's trading for him. You're not going to cut him. I think he's got a, a, a cap a hit of like $31 million or something ridiculous like that. So there's nothing you can do with him outside of what you're already doing. Or if you're Brian Dable, you can just show you're a complete fraud and you're just going to, I mean, why would you do that? When the guy has really not done anything to produce since he's been here and this regime is not tied to him, as soon as they can get out of that contract, they're going to get out of that contract. So for Kenny Galladay to come out and just to have that statement of, I should be playing regardless. Well, that's on you, dude. Go out there and show that, that, that you can produce for this. I mean, they're desperate for some production at wide receiver. And you've not done that in two years here. So I don't know. Uh, it really does kind of show a, a glaring lack of delusion that he thinks that he should be playing regardless when he's not produced at all. All right, let's go back to the phones. 1-800-919-ESPN is the uh, telephone number. Let's go to uh, Dave is in Jersey City. Dave, you're next up on the Dave Rothenberg Show. Uh, good morning. Uh, I just want to get make this uh, real simple. I think we're over-exaggerating on the quarterbacks that are losing right now. Okay, uh, like, who, like who are you talking about? Trubisky. I, I think he's a, he's a good quarterback. He's just – it's early in the system – you know, he's just facing new opponents. Uh, he's got the better arm. I think we should just stick with him. I'm not a Pittsburgh fan, but I'm, this is what I'm seeing on, on, the, on the games. Um, I think Zach Wilson we should give some patience to. Uh, Matt Ryan is a surprise to me in these uh, first two weeks. Okay. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, Russell Wilson, good quarterback. I think it's still early. I think we're, everybody's just blowing it out of proportion. The schedule is made up to be competitive all the way to the week 17, if you take a look at it. Uh, those are my thoughts. All Thank right, Dave. You. Well, look, I mean, you named you name some very, uh, you know, different types of situations there, and thanks for the phone call. Uh, in terms of Trubisky, uh, the, the problem there is is that they know at some point Kenny Pickett is going to be – they have to find out about Kenny Pickett, right? He is the future. Mitch Trubisky is not the future. Now, if Mitch Trubisky came in – and was playing well right away, that would be one thing. But that has not been the case. And I saw that they – I can't remember what the exact numbers were, but I think something like they've had like 35 drives so far this year, and they've scored like four offensive touchdowns. Is that right? Uh, and, and their touchdown rate is lower. It's worse than the Giants' touchdown rate from last year. And I don't think I have to remind you that the Giants' offense, especially at the end of the year, was completely abysmal. So uh, – I, I get what you're saying. Maybe you give him uh, some more time. You, you want to give him some more time to make sure that Kenny Pickett is as ready as it can be when he gets the, the reins of the team. But I think at some point, you know, the Steelers are not a team that is just saying, well, we're just going to cash the chips in on this year. They want to win as well. And I don't know that Mitch Trubisky really gives them the best chance. Zach Wilson is completely different. Zach Wilson hasn't played at all yet. 
And yeah, when he gets healthy, whenever he's 100%, he should be absolutely back in there uh, as well. Richard is in Manhattan. Richard, you're next up on the Dave Rothbard Show. Gordon, before I get to my uh, Aaron Judge point, you know, it's interesting with the Yankees. They started 61-23. and 23. Yeah. That was their high watermark, 38 above. Then they went 12-27. and 27. That was their low mark. But since that time, that 12-27 and 27, uh, uh, in the middle there, They've been 19 and 8. Now, 19 and 8, you translate that, that's almost 61 and 23. Not as good. So the Yankees in the last 27 games are playing at a pace not quite as good, almost as good as when they were impossibly unbelievable, 61 and 23. So the Yankees have shown really, really good resilience because they look like they're going to win 100 games after all is said and done, and that's, that's a great accomplishment. All right, Aaron Judge. And you're younger than me, Aaron. Uh, uh, yes. Gordon, I'm 16 years older than you. Okay. So I'll go back a little more than you. But in New York sports, four major sports, what player does Aaron Judge, in total package, remind you of? And I'm talking about everything leadership, demeanor, on and off the field, the way he goes about his business, and the greatness of his play. Do you want me to tell you who I think first? And then you'll t- uh, I mean, you have to give me somebody who is a league MVP. No, 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 I'll tell you who I think, and you just okay, tell me who me. you think. Go ahead, go ahead. I think Willis Reed. I say he, he and he's the same size as Willis Reed, ironically. But, I mean, he just has, to me, all the qualities Willis Reed had. Just his whole off the court, off the field, or the way he is, everything. Just the way he is on, every, quiet leader, greatness. Who, who does he remind you of? You know, I got to be honest with you. I don't really feel like he reminds me of anybody. I mean, he, you know, he reminds me of, of people here and there, you know, like his demeanor and his, you know, the, the quietness of him uh, kind of reminds me of Jeter a little bit, but he's a far better player, you know. Uh, oh, no, Jeter was Jeter. more calculating and he went out yeah. a lot and, you know, that yeah. made news. I'm not talk- I'm talking about the whole package. The way he was. I don't think that there's anybody there. He, I mean, he's he's different than everybody else. You know, the fact that the he's so big. The only guy I could think of Eli Manning, but I think his greatness is more than Eli Manning. Yeah, but, you know, Eli is, yeah, but, uh, but Eli was was greatest in the biggest of spots. He, you yeah, know, yeah, his well, regular I mean, seasons what, weren't. Uh, to me, I, 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 Gordon, he reminds me of Willis Reed, just demeanor and everything. Right. And the, uh, one more thing, sure. just this season alone. Let's mm-hmm. not talk about contract. Let's not talk about anything. Let's say you were judging Aaron Judge's season this year and his value to the Yankees. Right. If I said to you, I think he was worth $75 million to the Yankees this year. Uh, well, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how to base that. Like, I, I base it on what other people are getting paid in the sport. Yeah, I, don't know, you know, I don't know the Yankees' financials of, of, of what they make on jersey sales or ticket sales or, you know, all these different things. Um, I, you know, so if I'm basing it on what other people are pay, getting paid, he's, I don't know that he's worth, you know, twice you as think? much as, as, as the next best player. He's been outstanding. He's been great, but I don't know that I would, I would say, you know, you, if you're saying $75 million a season, he, that, without knowing the financials of the organization, uh, I don't know how you could judge it that way. He's a homegrown player. People stay to watch him at the end of games. Oh yeah. You no. know how much money that you, and he's kept the Absolutely. Yankees. He's kept them afloat, the right? Game. I mean, the team, the team would probably not be, uh, if they were a playoff they team, they'd be barely on, scraping by. Gordon, they wouldn't have been on Fox on Thursday night, the other night. And that game, the biggest game I remembered, regular season game before that, was the Mark Fitrich game in 76 against the Yankees with uh, Al Michaels and uh, 
I remember Bob Prince, and I think it was uh, Warner Wolf. They did the game. And that was the biggest regular season game that had nothing to do with anything. That was a regular season. But this why, game. Why was that the game so big? Oh, Mark Fitzgerald was just becoming. No, oh, okay. Remember so Mark like Fitzgerald? Sensation Nobody knew of him yet, but he Got was a good right, pitcher right. that year. And of course, the Yankees were in first place. They came out of nowhere. So that was a very anticipated game. Uh, yeah. No, it wasn't that, uh, Michaels. It was Bob Prince, uh, 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 Warner Wolf, uh-huh. and. Uh, uh, Jackson? Yeah. Uh, no, Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker. Bob Uecker. All right. Yeah, 76 was on ABC. That was a, I think that was the all-time regular season game of viewership. But this game, what Thursday night was that was incredible. That's what the game reminded. Oh, look, it's me. it's a great scene. And Richard, thanks for the phone call. Yeah, you know, the home run watch. chase is always. Uh, you know, it, it kind of feels like we haven't had one in a very long time. And after what Bonds did, I got to be honest with you, I never really felt like we'd ever get anything close to this ever again. You know, with with uh, home runs as hard to come by as they are. And offense is tough to come by as it is, and the cracking down of the PED stuff and everything else. But uh, it's been this this kind of godsend out of the out of the the season that has come along, and and we've been watching it the entire time. And I'll be honest with you, at some point I figure, ah, he's got he's going to slow down. He's not going to keep this up, but he's kept it up every every step of the way. So it's now just a matter of time here, assuming nothing bad happens health wise over the next couple of days, that he is going to get this. And uh, it will be the clean record. You know, I see a lot of people arguing, about, oh, well, Bob, why is everybody making a big deal about this? Because Bonds has the record. The record is 73. Yeah, well, Bonds, we, we know how he got to 73. And it's that, that is a tainted record. His, his numbers are tainted. They're still amazing. And he was the best of the tainted guys. I'll grant you that. And, and I can completely understand his motivation for doing what he did when you're watching lesser players surpass you and you think to yourself, well, you want to see something? I'll show you something. And he absolutely showed us something. But those records are all tainted. So the fact that Judge, if he does hit 61, if he does hit 62, whatever he hits beyond that, that will be the clean record. And I think that that's the way you'll refer to it. It won't be some big rigmarole of, well, no, this thing and that thing. You'll just say the clean home run record belongs to Aaron Judge. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up, more of your phone calls. 1130, we'll get to what I learned this week on TikTok. Still lots to do as we take you up until noon. Gordon Damer in for Dave, 98.7 FM, ESPN, New York. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Yes, it is the Dave Rothenberg Show. I'm Gordon Damer filling in for Dave. Got to handle some business here. Stump Rothenberg, which I did another amazing job on earlier today, was brought to you by Cooper Tire. Stump Rothenberg brought to you by Cooper Tire for high-performing quality tires at affordable prices. Come to Mavis Cooper Brand Tire for Cooper Brand Tires. And Mavis always provides the best in-class customer service. Visit Mavis at MavisTire.com. And I should also tell you this portion of the show is brought to you by Tullamore Dew Irish Whiskey, uh, the original triple-blended, triple-distilled, and triple-cast matured Irish Whiskey. Make sure to grab a Tullamore Dew during today's action. Remember, when it is game time, it is Tully time. Please enjoy responsibly. All right, 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number. Coming up 1130, we'll do uh, what I learned this week on TikTok. So Joe and Harvey better get ready. Because last week we had maybe the greatest fact, the individual fact of the entire run of what I learned on TikTok, but I think I might have some, a couple that are, are almost as good. So we'll do that at 1130, but let's go back to the phones here. Bill is in Morristown. Bill, you're next up on ESPN New York. Hey, Gordon. So um, as we're talking about Barry Bonds, 
Uh, so him in like the early 90s through the mid 90s, he was probably like a Hall of Fame player, but obviously not a 70 home run hitter. Who do you think the current day equivalent of that would be if you juiced them up with steroids? Who could jump from being like a really good player to a 70 home run plus hitter? Oh, uh, I mean, I don't know. I, that's kind of. Uh, I mean, you, you if you ever want to just laugh, you go look at at Bonds's uh, baseball reference page, and it's just it's mm-hmm. laughable. I mean, the year that he hit 73 home runs, um, he if they would have pitched to him at all, you know, we're complaining about Judge not getting a pitch in this at bat or that at bat. Bonds got like one pitch a week to hit, and he was still. Uh, hitting home runs. So I don't. Uh, do you have somebody in mind that you think of? Because I don't know. Like if you juiced up like Acuna or Tatis, they would go from like excellent players or Juan Soto. They would go from excellent players hitting you know thirty, forty home runs. I bet. Right. Like any like those would be some. Uh, yeah, some I mean, I think that, that was the thing with Bonds. He was already... them and freakish strength. Yeah, I think Bonds was already a great player, and then you know, obviously with the PEDs, uh, he just took. And, and and you know what is weird is that like it actually took him. He was always great, so I don't want to say that he was. It wasn't like he was already, but it took him a while to like. There was almost like three stages of his career, like the Pittsburgh stage where he was like the all-around talent, and then there was that next stage where he first got to San Francisco, and clearly you know things were changing there, and he was still a great player. But then there was that last stage of his career from like 35 to when he retired where he was just outrageous. I mean, he was just he won four MVPs in a row. He hit 73 home runs one year. He got walked 232 times another year. I mean, he was just it's almost like broken up into different sections of his career. Yeah, I think the craziest statistical season is not even the. 73 home runs. No, I think it's, it's one the, of the seasons after when he walked so many times. Yeah, he walked 232 times, and he had a, a slugging of 812. <laughs> Unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but, I, you know, I mean, that's a, that's a tough one. I'd have to have some more time to think about it. Thanks for the phone call. Um, yeah, but, I mean, Bonds, that, that last stage of his career. And, again, he hit 45 home runs that year. I mean, you hit 45 home runs in any year. That's an amazing year. But imagine if he got pitches to hit at any point and people were smart. They're like, I'm not, why would I, any pitch that he got to hit was a mistake. Like nobody was like trying to attack Barry Bonds and the ball. I don't remember what year that was. The ball at Yankee stadium that he hit off Ted Lilly, that it was basically hit to New Jersey that, I mean, you go and look at a highlight people sitting in the upper deck of the old stadium. So it had to be like, I guess like 2005 student. Nah, it had to be before that. Maybe 2003. I got to look back when Ted Lilly got traded. But um, whenever that was, people bringing their mitt to the game, almost I would think is as a joke, and yet here's a ball getting hit to you up there. That was just an absolute moonshot. And if you ever want to laugh, go look at Bonds' stats, especially late in his career. I mean, he ended up hitting, what was it, 762, right? He would have hit 800. If he got like consistent pitches to hit, he easily would have hit 800. He probably would have hit 850. Like, when he hit 73, I think we were all kind of of the knowledge that, yeah, what's going on? And it, it seemed like laughable that he was hitting that many more. I mean, you know, 70 seemed kind of ridiculous. And then 73 was even out, more outrageous. And that was when he wasn't even getting any pitches to hit and wasn't getting intentionally walked. If you go and look at intentional walks, the history of baseball, he has so many more intentional walks than anybody else that if you take the – I can't remember if it's Aaron – and Musial, whoever's two and three on the list of all time, 
and you add those totals together, you still don't get to Bonds. That's how far and away he is uh, ahead in, in terms of the most fear hitter of all time. And uh, that was uh, the right call. You should have absolutely feared him because he was. if you threw a strike, he was going to hit a home run. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll continue on with your phone calls, what I learned on TikTok. Lots to do as we take you up until noon right here on 98.7 FM and the all-new ESPN New York app. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. Oh, people, you know that music. You know what that means. It is time for what I learned this week on TikTok. But before we get to that, I should tell you this portion of the Dave Rothenberg Show is brought to you by Onda Tequila Seltzer. Onda Tequila Seltzer is here to upgrade your tailgate made with real Blanco tequila and only 100 calories per can. Onda Tequila Seltzer is the light and refreshing, sessionable drink for all your tequila-gating needs. All right, so how this works is very simple. You can play at home. I, as a 51-year-old man, spend way too much time on that TikTok app. But it's because I learned so much in the course of a week. So we've crafted this segment, how it works, very simple. I will give you four facts. Three of them completely made up. One of them, though, even though it sounds ridiculous, will be true. And last week, I think we had the number, for me anyway, the number one fact of all time. And it was, if you listened, or if you didn't, Michael Jackson. The day of the the Pepsi commercial where his hair caught fire, that day was the exact midpoint of his life. He lived the exact same amount of days before that and the same exact amount of days after that. Is that the median or the middle? I'm not sure. But that was a very seismic day, and it came right smack dab in the middle of his life. Isn't that crazy? It's a notable day. But all right, here we go. Uh, Harvey, Joe, you're both in the studio today, so uh, I don't know how we're going to decipher who goes first. I'll go first, Gordon. All right, Harvey. Harvey always likes to jump in there right out of the way. All right, my friend. Uh, Let's go with this one. Okay, here we go. Number one, Pope Pius IX declared war on cats because he believed that they were instruments of Satan. Number two, if you could drive a car 60 miles an hour straight up in the air, it would only take you an hour to get to space. Number three, in the history of eBay, six people have tried to sell the state of Florida. And number four, worldwide, roughly 800,000 pints of Guinness a year are wasted in people's facial hair. So again, number one, Pope Pius IX, declared war on cats because he believed that they were instruments of Satan. Number two, if you could drive a car straight up in the air, 60 miles an hour, it would take you an hour to drive to space. Number three, in the history of eBay, six people have tried to sell the state of Florida. And number four, worldwide, roughly 800,000 pints of Guinness a year are wasted in facial hair. Harvey, the floor is yours. Okay. Uh Um... I feel like I've heard one of these before in, like, a history class. Okay. Um, it's a weird history class, my friend. I'll tell it you really that right is. Now. I mean, the education of mine is unique, to say the least. But yeah. I will say um, I am a cat lover. Okay. So I will go with the Pope declaring war on cats. Pope Pius the Ninth. That's right. Uh, you going to lock that in? Locking it in. Locking it in. All right. No, that is incorrect. Um, there was another pope that did declare that it was not Pope Pius. No, that's that's incorrect. Okay. 
Interesting. Interesting. Now, I will say. So to recap, drive one hour straight up. You'd be in space. Number two, uh, history of eBay. People, six people have tried to sell Florida, the state. And the number, uh, now number three, was number four. Worldwide, roughly 800,000 pints of Guinness a year are wasted in people's beards, their facial hair. I just never thought of, like, the beer beard. Yeah. You know, I'm going to go with the history of eBay selling Florida. Selling Florida. Yes. Lock it in? Locking it in. It sounds like it would be true, but no, that's not, not, that's not true. No. Even Florida, they have not tried to sell Florida. As crazy as it is down there sometimes, they have not tried to sell the state of Florida. So now you're down to two. Uh, the car driving to space or pints of Guinness? Oh, man. I'm going to go with an hour driving up. You will get there. Straight one hour? You lock it in? I'm locking it in. Yes, that is correct, Harvey. Very good. Yes, if you, it doesn't take you long to get to space. Now, the moon, it would take you forever. But just simply space, yeah, if you could drive a car straight up in the air, 60 miles an hour, you could get to space in uh, roughly an hour. I'm surprised with all, you know, the moon landings and the spaceships going out of space stuff. That, that, that. Well, all those things are really far away. Space is not... It's not real. Look, it's far enough, right? But no, it's not that far away. Gravity must be some kind of marvel that. There you go. Couldn't be. Couldn't even be attempted right now. All right, Joe. Now, Joe, have you? Uh, correct me. Uh, have you ever played the game before? I have not. No. Okay. All right. You understand how it works, right? I have a pretty, pretty straightforward, good grasp right? On it, yeah. Okay. Here we go. Number one, uh, Jeffrey Dahmer, the serial killer, would not eat people with tattoos because they tasted funny. Number two, chewing gum while cutting onions will prevent you from tearing up. Number three, cows cannot walk downstairs. They can walk upstairs, but they can't walk downstairs. And then number four, dueling in Paraguay is legal as long as both parties are registered blood donors. Gordon, I feel lucky for this one because okay. I, uh, this was going to be my senior year prank in high school. Yeah, I was going to get a cow into the into the high school. Yeah, and because it cannot walk downstairs, they would have trouble getting the cow out of okay. the high school. So that's I'm locking in a cow cannot walk downstairs. All right, you locked it in. Well, actually, you made a mistake. Cows will not do it voluntarily, but if, if they are guided, they can. They do have the ability to walk downstairs. They will not do it on their own, but they do have the ability to walk downstairs. I see. That changes stuff. See? So, again, my computer just crashed in the middle of this segment. Can you believe that? So we got Jeffrey Dahmer was not going to uh, eat people with tattoos because uh, they tasted funny. Obviously, uh, what were the other two that we had? Something about chewing gum and onions. Oh, yes, chewing gum, yes. Uh, of course, if you uh, chew gum while uh, cutting onions, uh, you will not tear up. And then I'm slowly reloading my computer here. Hold on one second. I have a terrible short-term memory. You know, the, the, the music the, is great, though. The music See, is- you, could have, you could have actually ended up doing that prank. Yeah. I mean, that would. I don't know where I would have gotten a cow. I mean, I right. Live. So it was a very much in the early stages of the prank. Is yes. what you're saying? Yes. Okay. 
Somebody should have told me, by the way, if this is true, by the way, somebody should have told me about cutting onions while chewing gum. Well, we, I was making my chili yesterday. We don't want to. Yeah, we don't want to be. Uh, we don't want to be like the, the, the. Was it Dion with the Intercontinental Championship? Yeah, that's we're right. Not, yeah. we're not doing you don't that. want. You don't want to give it away. Um, okay, so I do, uh, my computer is finally back up and running here. So what did I say? Uh, uh, oh yes, Jeffrey Dahmer would not eat people with tattoos because they tasted funny. Chewing gum while cutting onions will prevent you from tearing up. Or now number three was number four. Dueling is legal in the uh, country of Paraguay as long as both parties are registered blood donors. I'm going to go with uh, dueling in Paraguay. Okay. You're going to lock it in? Lock it in. Uh, That's also incorrect. No, I just made that one. I just made that one. Uh, No, that's not true. So now you got you, you got down to two, Joe. See, you, you can see how this game can be very, uh, very uh, challenging and, and frustrating, right? It'd be fun if uh, you know dueling was still right. Uh, you just go to Paraguay. You got a you got a, a blood enemy. You can just go there. You both register up. I'm O negative. He's A plus. You know, and, and you're good to go. You know, do it on the pl- the plane right over. Right, exactly. Uh, all right, so there you go. Jeffrey Dahmer, serial killer, would not eat people with tattoos because they tasted funny or chewing gum. I guess both kind of eating things. Uh, chewing gum while cutting onions will prevent you from tearing up. I'm gonna try to help Harvey out here and go with chewing gum. Lock it in. Lock it in. No, that's 0 for 3, my friend. Oof, uh, no, great. Jeffrey Dahmer would not eat people with tattoos. He tried it once. It wasn't for him. They tasted funny. Uh, all right, so there you go. If you, you know, uh, I guess there's something to be learned there. Uh, I'm not exactly sure uh, what it is, but all right, uh, we'll give you one, guys, uh, one collective chance here. You can both. I got one more for you. Uh, which one do I want to go with? I think we'll go with this one. All right, here we go. Number one, the thumbs up sign. When people give you the thumbs up, that came about as a result of the atom bomb. It was said that if you held up your arm straight out with your thumb up and you still saw a mushroom cloud, then you were in the radiation zone. If you held your thumb up and you didn't see the mushroom cloud, you were far enough away. But that's how the thumbs up sign became a thing. Number two, the Russian military in World War II had a division of bears. Number three, humans are faster than horses over marathon distances. Or number four, poison ivy is the most poisonous in the fall when the colors become most vibrant. So again, the atom bomb, thumbs up. You're in the radiation zone if you can see the mushroom cloud. Number two, Russian military, World War II had a division of bears. Number three, humans are faster than horses over marathon distances or poison ivy in the fall is most poisonous because uh, when the colors become the most vibrant. Harvey, I know my answer because I believe I've seen the same TikTok that Gordon has here. Okay. I I do spend a lot of time on TikTok. It's very addictive. Yeah. Uh, So my answer is going to be the atom bomb, but okay. maybe you can talk me into it or out of it. No, I'm, I'm fully on board with Joe here. If, if he's on TikTok, which I am not uh, okay. under any circumstances, but if he's on this, then I will ride with him on this. So you're both going to stay with, you, you're both going to go with the same one? Yes. Do you think that that's a good strategy? Just by sheer numbers? I believe so. Okay. Uh, you know, we ride as one here. At All right. Uh, there is something for unity. No, that's both. You're both incorrect. There is there's a popular meme going around that that's the case. that was no, that was not. Good. I don't TikTok know how much I'd be trusting. Yeah, don't trust TikTok on everything. You gotta you gotta vet these things. Trust me. Not. The things I see on TikTok from time to time. 
guess TikTok and Wikipedia are. Uh, yeah, you got to be careful. Sources. You got to be careful. All right, so then you got three <laughs> left. The uh, Russian military had a division of bears. Humans are faster than horses over marathon distances, or uh, poison ivy is the most poisonous in the fall when the colors become the most vibrant. You know, I will. I'll go with my own answer here. I'll go with the poison ivy. Okay. All right, we got uh, we got Harvey locked in there. Joe, you you gonna switch it up? Or you gonna stick with Harvey? I mean, uh, it's, it's not like he's batting a thousand over here. No, he's not. But he is no. he is better than I am. Yeah, you're not even batting a hundred yards no, now. You know, I'm not it's, even it's on been the a rough round yet. for you. I'm not gonna lie. Um, you know what? One for all for one, one for all. I'm hoping that this is uh, true to stick to stay awake because I am extremely allergic to poison ivy. So I will lock okay. in poison you're ivy. You're going to stick well. the, but the same answer again. Yes. I don't know how good of a strategy this is because I know the answer. No, that's incorrect. No, poison ivy, spring, summer, that's when it's the most poisonous. The fall, it's still poisonous, but it's not as bad as the spring and the summer. So that is, that is incorrect. So now you got Russian bears and humans and horses. I, I think this time, guys, you probably should split it up. This way you know one of you is going to get it right. Yeah. That I'm gonna go uh, the Russian bears. Bears, okay. Harvey. No, we made it. Th- we made it this far together. We're gonna keep going together. <laughs> keep Harvey. going. Go, go to there. <laughs> All right, you do what you gotta do. You know, I don't want to tell you you're wrong. No, humans are faster than horses over marathon distances. Horses can't run that far. So uh, you got. I mean, that was woof. Somewhere Jacob Perry is celebrating because he's taking it on the chin uh, a lot of times. But uh, that was a very rough round for you guys this afternoon. But thank you for participating. And that, my friends, is what I learned this week on TikTok. And now because of this segment, you have learned it too. 1-800-919-ESPN is the telephone number coming up. We'll wrap things up on the phones. It is Gordon in for Dave. It is 98.7 FM ESPN New York. The Dave Rothenberg Show on 98.7 ESPN. People, 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 it is Gordon Damer filling in for Dave Rothenberg. We're quickly running out of time, but I got to tell you, football fans, it's not too late to sign up for Cover 5. It is a free-to-play pick'em game for season-long fun. Compete against your friends, your rivals, and your favorite 98.7 ESPN host. You can pick five games each week. Best score against the spread throughout the regular season will win 1000 bucks. Weekly prizes of $100 also going to be awarded. All you got to do, sign up for the app and then join the 98.7 ESPN League with the code NY22 on the Cover 5 app at Cover5.com. Visit ESPNNewYork.com for full contest rules. So here are my picks for this week, and I'll be honest with you, I've not gotten off to a great start. I'm kind of like the Bengals in my own right. But the first pick I got, I am on Buffalo minus five. The Bills are playing at a different level right now, and there's nothing more set in stone than when people start believing in the Dolphins. That's when things go wrong. How about this for a weird stat? Since the start of last year, Dolphins 11-0 when facing a quarterback with an O in their last name. They're 0-9 against quarterbacks without an O. Josh Allen, no O in his last name. The Dolphins' O in the loss column will change to a 1 this week. They'll lose, and Buffalo will cover by 5. Rams at Arizona. Cardinals, man, I watched some of that game last week. They looked like a mess. They had a delay of game on the two-point conversion. McVay is 6-1 and one against Kingsbury uh, in his career. Five of those six, he has uh, scored. his team has scored 30 or more. I will take the Rams minus the four. Niners are a better team with Jimmy Garoppolo. The Broncos are a mess right now. Maybe at some point they do get it figured out. 
but I like Frisco minus the point and a half on a road. Now, this is for the Cover 5 app. I don't know if Justin Herbert is playing this week. Right now, they have not changed the line, and they have it Chargers minus 7. If that remains the case, I will take the Jaguars plus the 7. If he does play, well, then I'm on Chiefs at Colts. It does seem too good to be true, right? Extra rest, better quarterback, better coach, only six and a half on the road? I don't know. It feels too good to be true, but I'm a sucker. That's what I am. So I'll take the Chiefs on the road. And then the Eagles at Washington. I'm not sure what their line. I think they have it at six. I will take the Eagles over Washington. I think Washington will score some points, but at the end of the day, their defense cannot hold up against that Eagles attack. All right, that's going to do it for this afternoon. Another successful round of Stump Rothenberg. Another, I mean, just a fantastic job by me on what I learned on TikTok, shutting down Joe and Harvey, the picks, the Yankees, everything. I mean, we've done it all. We've said it all. Thanks to Joe and Harvey. Great job as always. Thanks to the callers as well. I'll be back Monday night along with Larry Hardesty on ESPN New York tonight. Anita Marks is coming up next, and it's only here, 98.7 FM, ESPN New York.